0: They told you
1: in the mirror, if you a
0: You're listening to the Spirit Anime Cast. My name's Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! Today's episode is a mailbag episode. <laughs> kind of worked out well since we were kind of thinking we might do a mailbag episode because we're backing up on questions. And it so happens got quite busy today, so it turned out to work out. So, sort of. <laughs> so, hopefully you guys will stick around. I know that some people don't like the mailbag. It's not one of our bigger... Uh, hit podcast episodes, but we always get into some interesting discussions because people bring up questions that we sometimes have never really discussed, so that's always a good thing. As always, as always we're at a It's where you can go for all our information there, social media links and everything, Discord links so you can join and submit questions there, just like all these other lovely people have that we have questions from. So, yes, let, let's dive right into it. Let's, let's, let's get a ton knocked out. Hopefully we don't run out of them. <laughs> if not, we'll have to do a call-out for them, so... Let's kick things off with the first one, which I think it was uh, R.L. Dennis was replying to somebody else presenting a question and he made a better question out of it. I don't know. I didn't see the original question, so I don't know what the original question is. But he says, I guess guess a different way of putting this is, do you think we'd ever reach the point of oversaturation? I think they're in regards to anime because I think the question that came up that was deleted was something to do with I think too many per season, too many shows per season, which is obviously a thing that's been for like the last, I don't know, Three or four years, like having at least thirty per season, upwards of forty-five per season. So, what do you think? That, that, that what do you think? Is it oversaturation point? Are you are we reaching it? Are we going to reach it? What's the oversaturation point? It's a question mark. The que-
1: it's it's a trick question because it is a trick question. You meet. No, I'm
0: joking. I don't know. Um
1: the the problem is is that theoretically, yes, the idea is that you. There's too many shows and you can't watch that many shows. The only problem with that con- that concept is that there is a specific, you know, supply and demand thing. Um as long as there is a demand for the product, the manufacturer or producer will produce the product that the consumer is consuming.
0: The- Which is the biggest problem we have right now, because everybody's complaining there's too many Sekai shows, and it's like, well, people watch it, yeah. so they're going to keep doing it. And I think what you have having right now is a lot of people – these companies are obviously going to have an issue with producing something and airing something that nobody's going to watch, because and that's when you, you do get nobody watches my show, when there's so many shows out there. And it seems like right now, if anything, they're saying that that's an easy – that's that's for sure we're going to get people to watch that because people like guys, as much as people don't think people like guys. Yeah, and that's what I was getting ready to get to the point of is that,
1: yes, but that's what genres are for. So if you are watching the shows that you like, eventually the shows that you don't like will not be watched, i.e. eventually something will give out that's when we we've talked about the, the, uh, the anime bubble and, and how that all worked and all the craziness involved with that. And, um, we might be looking at a second anime bubble and how that's going to work into the entire equation and all that stuff. It's so eventually there's this, there's this give and take. Um, I don't, so in a way I do agree that there is a lot of shows being produced Eventually, there's going to be a point where they can't keep up with all the, the the shows that they're producing, and then they'll have to cut back. And when they cut back, then it, the shows will kind of level out and all that stuff. So there's always going to be a give and take. There's They're going to try to be overly ambitious. They're going to hurt themselves. They're going to ruin their reputation, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's always this big old circle of fixing the problem and eventually – But, no, I don't personally believe that it's possible to really oversaturate.
0: Yeah, and I think we're probably seeing right now where it's trying to build up to that point where they're they're going to eventually find if there's a saturation point. Because, obviously, as I've mentioned before, we mentioned it during—we had a podcast, Is Anime Dying? And the whole statement there was that I went back and I researched every single year, like, I think as far as back as the late 80s, I think it was. And the sign there was that we had, like, so many years where there was, like— four at most shows a season it's hard to really think that there was a time when there was only four could you imagine I wouldn't I don't know if I'd have enough content to do my channel with four shows a, a season that's crazy to think at some point that was the case and they've they've been building it up since then it keeps building and it keeps building yes we even had a crash but it still keeps building. And what I think is happening is that, yes, obviously, anime is becoming more and more mainstream. It's becoming more and more popular. And so a lot of these studios are feeling comfortable with producing a lot, a lot of content. And more and more studios are being created. Those studios wouldn't be created unless there is a demand for it. Now, yes, eventually it's going to reach that peaking point. But I think right now they're trying to test that. They're trying to push that to see how far they can go. And all these other companies want to try out their their stake in it they want to create these new studios to see if they can create their own stake in it and i think what you're ha- having happen especially as this report came out um for the last two years really um this report came out that stated that in 2021 there was like i think they said like 30 i'll have to double check it's it like 30 percent of the studio anime studios seen themselves go in the red last in in 2021 so obviously that is a sign that there's a possible oversaturation. Now, the thing to keep in mind with that study is a lot of them are citing issues with the pandemic. They're citing issues with delays, uh, production issues, which yes, in 2021, we've seen a lot of that. And yes, in 2020, we've seen a lot of that. So we are having more issues with production issues and yes, technically the pandemic. And I think those are causing issues, but I do believe there's also an aspect that eventually there's only so many you know minutes in a day and there's only so many people to physically watch it. And so, yes, what you're going to get, and then we, we get in the West too. A lot of anime fans in the West have the same issue. We could all watch it on demand, unlike um, a lot of people in Japan who are watching on television don't really have it on a streaming service. We They, they have it more locked in. Of course, they could probably DVR or whatever. Um, and there's probably uh, video on demand options there. But over here, even for us, when we can open up an app and watch it whenever we want to, the, 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 the most common thing I get from a lot of people is that I can't watch all this. I, I can only watch one or two shows a season. I only have so much time in my week. I can only watch them on Saturday night or something like that. Otherwise, it's the kids and the wife and stuff. They don't have that option. I have that option because I do that for a living. Chris struggles with it because he has a daytime job outside of the podcast and everything. So I can see where that issue is for a lot of people. And what comes from that, having so many shows, is that Nobody watched them. I mean, if you look at Mal, you'll see, like, the top... Typically, it's a little bit different this season. This, this season's a very different case. Um, it's much more spread out. But often, case, when you see, like, big Shonen seasons where, like, Attack on Titan comes out and stuff, you'll see those ones get, like, 1. 1.2 million users. And then you'll have, like, two other shows that have, like, 500,000 users. And then everything else is, like, 30,000 and lower. And, like, most of them are not even about 10,000. And the difficulty that that shows is that a majority of people are only watching, you know, th- at most three shows, and so that oversaturation means that people are missing things. That's kind of what why we do what we do is is what we do is we tell people yes, we know you can't watch all forty five, but we're going to tell you what's in each one of them. We're going to tell you where those gems are at so that you can find those ones you want. Um, but a majority of users, they're not going to be able to catch all that stuff, and I think that's where that saturation comes into effect. And I think. I think we're at it. I think we're at that point where I think if it pushes it anymore, it's going to get really bad. I mean, if if, it, if it's at the point now where I <laughs> have trouble keeping up, granted, I'm trying to do other things like the Mishuko Tensei novel. I'm trying to do some other stuff, get caught up on Bleach, uh, rewatch Bleach and stuff. So this there's other stuff that does sway me even as a full-time anime viewer and covering person. But if I have struggles, the world has struggles. The nice thing that happens and why I don't really necessarily think it's you can classify it strictly as an oversaturation is that it's something for everybody. I think the problem that you're, you're, we're facing right now technically is that it's too much of one type of genre. I do love the variety. I love 45 shows because that means that we can get, you know, three or so f- sports shows. We can get three or so r- romance shows. We can get three or so these many shows. Um, it's covering a spectrum of genres. The problem that we're facing right now is that it's too much in one genre. That's why we had, uh, it was at like one point last, I think it was last year, we had a season where there was like 11 Isekai shows. And that's a problem because then nobody that watches Isekai shows is going to watch all those. People that like fantasy aren't going to be able to watch all those. I do like when there's a spread. I think the issue that we're having right now is we're not getting enough shojo's. We're not getting enough of romance shows. We're not getting enough pure comedy shows. And that's where I think having too many shows is a problem. It's okay to have a lot of shows. It's bad to have a lot of shows that are all in the same ballpark. They're all in the same flavor. That's where I think you're going to have that oversaturation issue and I think we've had plenty of seasons where it does that. And I think that's a bad thing, so.
1: Anything else on that one? No, just just like I said, it 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 really just comes down to when 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 everything balances out, you'll see where it really kind of I think it's actually in a way I think this is a good thing um, because it it shows you – because one of the things often on a side tangent that I had went on is that one of the funny things about Japan is that they're – them being an, uh, an island nation, they don't have a lot of things outside of that that they can ex- export. And this is one of the things that they're kind of – they're not really – you know, like video games and and anime cultural type items is one thing that they have that is a gold mine in their in their
0: yeah the 90s see them in a huge boom for entertainment yeah obviously and, and they before then even then, then was a lot of electronics and they've kind of fallen off on that but they still are holding on entertainment and it's it's one of those things that I don't
1: it, they're it's like they keep testing the waters, like they're not really sure because I, I'm I'm sure that the anime bubble kinda hurt them and they've they this is now they're getting to the point where they're actually okay, maybe this is okay and they're they're probably not going to make the same mistakes. They'll make different mistakes, but they won't make the same mistake twice. They're very very cautious about that kind of stuff. And th- this is one of those things that I'm I'm glad that they're they're getting to the point where they're being full uh full on brave about this and they're they're getting very serious about hey, this is a part of our um our audience. We we need to take this this audience very serious and the more and more that we see this stuff and the more and more money that's flowing through there, um, the the better it is that that even even if you feel like there's too many shows, OK, that's fine. That's why I was I pointed out the whole genre thing. Just just focus on the genres that you're interested in. You don't have to watch every show. We do it because we like to do it, um, but you don't have to just watch the shows that you're interested in and. You won't never have a problem with the oversaturation point.
0: Yeah, anime right now is not good for completionists. (laughs) I have a very good friend, with Gaming, who just is all about watching everything. And he's on a regular basis complaining that he's behind on stuff like every two days. Um, It's like, dude, just chill out a little bit. Take it easy. Don't burn yourself out. I don't think he'll ever burn himself out. It's kind of like me. I don't think I'll ever burn myself out on anime. But yeah, that's um, good stuff. Stick Man pretty much follows up with this the pretty much something I've already covered up with which is why is it why is more choices and variety a bad thing. And again that hits heavily on the idea of like you said you don't have to watch everything because there's 45 shows a season does not mean you have to watch. I really as a I have a little bit of a pet peeve and it's partly why I stopped watching um certain people and their content is I really hate these people that will look through the seasonals when it's coming up, like they'll do a preview, and their video is just them being complaining about, oh, this again, oh, Mori Sekai, oh, never heard that one before, sarcasm, and it's like, then don't watch them, it's okay, it's not for you, don't worry about it, move on. Um, That idea of going through a a next season chart and saying, none of this stuff is for me, it's like, right, exactly, it's not for you. It's for somebody else. It's not like I'm going to see, I don't know, some random kids show pop up on the ante chart and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're making a kids show that obviously looks like it's for babies because it's for them. It's not for me. I mean, I've had times where I've watched shows. I I, I can't remember one here recently. I have watched shows where it was literally, obviously made for kids. Well, I, still, the, I mean, not friends. Was it? Well, my old it friends was technically. I mean, yes, yeah. it got kind of dark, and you kind of question it. But it's one of those ones where it's dark in a way that you don't know that it's dark, and it's probably for kids. It was all about discovery, all about adventure, all about segoy, segoy. The segoy thing was for kids. The kids go segoy. The 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 Mercstoria. Um, Yeah,
1: that one was kind of kiddish, and and it. Did have a lot of um, – we, we really liked it because it had some really cool ideas and, and some a really great story that was going with it. But it was de- – definitely felt like it was geared towards kids for sure.
0: Yeah, very simple storytelling, very simple dialogue. It, and that's, I think that's the cool thing about things like Mercistoria and uh, Kimono Friends is having that concept that – it's kind of like the the family films that you have all over the place in, in, in America. The the idea that the parents can watch it and get that subtle, you know, grown-up humor that's in there that kids completely miss. And then later on when the kids grow up, they go, this ruined my childhood or something <laughs> like that. Or changed while I see my childhood or something. Um, it, that, that stuff's always cool. So, um, it's a little bit more harder to watch, obviously. Like, it was very hard sell for me to tell people to go watch Merc Storia because it's like... Yeah, there's some really cool, like the bird story was so cool and so well presented. And at the same time, it's like, but yeah, it technically does feel like you're watching, you know, some kid's show. <laughs> so, um, even though it kind of gets a little heavy on at times. But again, that's one of those kind of hidden messages in there. But variety is definitely not a bad thing. So I definitely agree with you for stick Man, which I'm assuming that's what you're, you're, Insinuating is why I'd be bothered by that something.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of why I said, you know, uh, I don't really believe in the possibility of oversaturation. So, I think it's theoretically possible, but I don't really believe it's really truly going to ever be that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. TCB says, anime misconception pet peeves. Yeah, that's a, as other kind of stated, that's something we did here recently um, to give you a nutshell I think my biggest one is obviously that all anime is tentacle stuff, and so when you're talking to non-anime viewers, and you're talking about how you enjoy anime, and they go, oh, you like that stuff, and it's like, no, it's not that stuff. Go watch Shobogen Roku Raku Shinji. There's no tentacle stuff in there. Um, there's it's... so many great stories. And Yes, I do delve in the stuff that's going to be stuff that I can't really say that I watch to them, but... That's not to say that they're all that. that, and that's the misconception that I really, at this point, really hate.
1: And and, and it's it's one of those two. There, there's two extremes. There's the oh well, you're watching cartoons. No, yes, and no. I mean, yeah, and
0: the child stuff
1: and the child stuff. Yeah it's, yeah, it's 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 either that or the other extreme of well, tentacles. Um, no, that's not it either. Uh, it's it's adult. It's it's shows that are technically targeted towards. Uh, More mature adults Um, But it's not always that I mean some of it is Naruto Which I would not call a show for adults but at the same time it's not exactly for kids either it's super violent yeah yeah. it's
0: like older teens
1: it's yeah it's older teens so it's enough that it's kind of cool and at the same time it's not so uh adult heavy themes that you're going well i definitely wouldn't let my kids watch this there's a lot of that's that's the thing that i i wish people could gather it is it's it's a spectrum of a lot of different things in in anime.
0: And that's the sucky thing, because like it's whenever you're trying to explain that to somebody in the West that's not aware of it, it's it's like the only thing you can really point to is that, well, there's adult cartoons here's all there's South Park, there's Family Guy, there's all the other ones, uh King of the Hill, there's there's Western cartoons that are going for adults, but it's always sitcoms. So it's not like it's it's hard to really classify. That's the only example you have. In Japan, it's always a spectrum. They have, there's such a huge audience for light novels and manga in Japan that they have sections for every single uh, gender and, and every single age group. There's stuff for young women, there's stuff for older women, there's stuff for young men, there's stuff for older men. There's a huge, they, they cover everything. It's, it's a, it's they're Hollywood, essentially. And so when there is anime adapt adaptations, obviously that's the same issue. There's a, again a spectrum and that's why and back to the saturation thing <laughs> but i think that's the biggest ones is those two obviously just that they're it's all tentacles it's all yes children um inappropriate things of children stuff so it, it it sucks and it's like a stigma that i think has definitely come down quite a bit but it's still there obviously so
1: yeah, it's it it's for sure I agree. It it is definitely the winds have shifted. I don't know when it happened, but it definitely seems to have shifted at some point in the last few years.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's see here. Man says, "What are some of your favorite anime that n- has never been licensed for whatever reason, never been available in either physical release or streaming legally?" Uh, my not my top 5 in no particular order are feel free to discuss them. Macross Frontier I don't know if you put that, uh, that must have been posted right, yeah, I think that was posted right before. It may have been right before, maybe around the same time that they announced that they're actually going to be releasing it over here. So that's a, that's a, there you go. Cool deal, cool deal there. Uh, Princess Lover, uh, Fortune Arterial, uh, Kemeko DX, and Yume Sukai. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar with any of those but Macross, unfortunately, but I'll, I'll have to look into them. Um, Thankfully, a lot of mine that I've done, because I, I, I haven't done it in a while, but I, for a regular time, I was, like, w- sending out to, like, Everybody discotech, Tech, Nozomi Entertainment, Sentai. I was sending out to them all. These are these titles that need to be rescued. Thankfully, a lot of them have pick, picked up, like, um, Sound of the Sky. Um, uh, the one, the, that first one from PA Works that I um, that I was chiming about for the longest time. True True Tears. Um, Technically, Scrap Princess. Uh, here recently, Zetsuba Sensei. So a lot of the ones that I've been calling out for them to pick up, they have thankfully have picked up. But there is still some, like um, Cheeky Angel. I still think that needs to be picked up. There's a couple of them that have been licensed before but no longer are licensed. Things like um, um, Gura Gura. Um, not Gura, Gura. Uh, That's That, that I think, has not been released physically, I think. But uh, the one that... noichi uh, Noichigu. Noichu, uh, Hara Noichu, the, the Force was peaceful and then came goo. That's a great comedy. I, I don't know how it holds up to today's standards, but I, I still love it. It was, I think, Funimation for a while, but they dropped it like 10 years ago. Uh, Katana Gatari was done by NS America in these big, huge boxes, and they've th- since lost the license to that, and nobody's released it. That's the one that's by Nisi Oisin. So for fans of the series, same writer. It was a fantastic and Beautiful, beautifully animated series, and it needs another physical release, or at least somebody to stream it. So, and I think that one, Katana Katari was I don't think it was ever streamed. We we downloaded it. We were downloading yeah. it monthly, um, because it ran for a year, monthly. And, unfortunately, I think the only thing it got was a physical release by NS America, so... That really sucks. But, yeah, everything else, like Noichi, uh, um, uh, Nishisho, um, Azumanga Dayo, all those shows that have been chiming for people to pick up have been picked up. Uh, Monster, technically, but as we've mentioned several times before, Sean Kleckner specifically came out and said that I think he was trying to get it, but there's, like, issues behind it. There's some sort of ownership rights issue conflict that is in the background that makes it pretty much, he has, as AZ says, pretty much impossible. So... That's an unfortunate thing. I think Monster and Katana Katari are the two big ones right now that I think really, really need to be saved. And Macross, but thankfully, Macross is, is finally out of jail. So that one will get released here soon. I'm really happy about that. Anything else that you can think of besides Pupa? No. Okay. <laughs> besides Pupa. No, that, that you, you named off all the
1: ones that I, I didn't I couldn't think of and, and that yeah I would love to see those those saved, especially Cheeky Angel. I would love to see Cheeky Angel. Uh I would especially love it to see it uh re get the re retouch uh treatment. It it's so deserved. It's such a I great think even show. nana
0: here recently got picked up by somebody. So yeah. a lot of those a lot of those older ones that are really classics and yeah, technically Udasa Yatsura uh, they finally got the full series for that so discotech i think it is is I much would. I all would not
1: Now, truth be told i would much rather see a revamp than i would like to see a licensed rescue mm-hmm. i that i would take that any day over the week uh in in that case but yeah most all of the ones that you had mentioned i would love to see um i would really love to see a redo of uh, uh chovitz i mean but chovitz is out there and so it's not it's it's kind of a
0: S- side tangent of they would it. have to have the same op like a, do, do a re <laughs> do a remaster of it or re-recording re, of it but um uh, would be the the term there re um re-recording of it essentially but yeah that'd be that'd be great um another one that popped in my head that i completely just lost oh yeah i would love to somebody do a physical release of moshogo Tensei: incarnation reincarnation <laughs> i still really want to know if if they didn't pick up the physical or if they're just holding it um that would be great Thanks. <laughs> and don't censor it. Uh, let's see here. Moving on, we have Selvisio. Selvisio? Selvisio says, What are your I Will Die on This Hill takes for anime and manga? You can interpret it however you want. For example, tropes you love slash hate, or shows that you love slash hate despite the consensus, et cetera. Michelle um, Goodson Reincarnation. That was, I, I think that was really honestly the first time I felt that I had to, like, put down my foot. Um, which most of the sudden said, for reincarnation. It was, it was... Honestly, there is a small amount of fear there. Like, I think even Gigguk, himself obviously faced it. Gigguk faced where he was so popular, obviously, that he did get that crowd, sniffed his channel, got in there, and started berating him, saying, oh, because you like this, you're okay with this. And I really felt... It, it was one of those moments where I'm like, I fear that. I fear that idea of coming out there and saying, I like this series, despite the fact that there's going to be people that will say, because you like this, you're okay with this. And obviously the the argument against that is that you can watch – there's so many shows that you can watch that people are perfectly fine with you watching that you can say, well, that means you like this. Because you watched a war documentary, that means you like war, that you're okay with war and that you're okay with people dying. It's Like no it's not. if you're if you're watching attack on that was I think that was the argument that he made if you're watching attack on Titans, that mean you're okay with mass genocide that was happening in that show. I mean, come on seriously well it's it's and that was my thing there it was like I acknowledge that this is in it. I acknowledge that it's scummy, but there's a reason for it, and the writer himself even acknowledges it
1: i i I think that I've gotten at some point kind of pinned into a hole on my whole um basically localization purism i i i really i don't know how i ended up getting to this point where i'm just so avid about being as pure to the original artist's ad- intent i i was very very lax on yeah i understand that the the whole idea of um artistic interpretation of all that stuff and but i'm getting so almost i i feel backed into a corner where i i I I I I'm I'm getting the Thing of,
0: about this world today is that there's there's this desire for people to push you into a corner and you can't help but sit there and defend. And you can never get that moment where you go, but I'm okay with this. But no, you're too busy trying to go. No, stop. This is this is not what I like that you can't at least take a moment to breathe and look in a different direction.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things where people have gotten, because we're being tolerant so much and saying, well, okay, it's just the one show, it's just one show, it's just one show, and it's like, now it's it's in in my subtitles. I'm seeing garbage in my subtitles, and it's like, I know that's not what they said. You're shoving crap into my subtitles. My subtitles are there strictly. So that I can get as close to the original show as I w- as I can, I don't need artist interpretation on my freaking subtitles, and that's that's the thing, is people think that they have this moral obligation to right the wrongs of the world, and I guess anime is a target of their writing the wrongs of the world. I know when I
0: read that in the subtitles, I immediately want to go start protesting. It's
1: <laughs> it, it's
0: it's stupid. I I. I
1: I don't want to be av- so avid, uh, adamant about
0: this. Time to go and rant yeah, about GamerGate the moment I see it. in this
1: <laughs> School prison. I know it's it. Th- this this stuff is out of control, and and I know that I I it it seems like I'm going on and on and on about this, but you have to understand, I'm seeing this constantly, and it. I I'm one voice in in the wind, hoping that somebody hears my stupid rant. Yes, I, the, uh, unfortunately, I guess this is the high hill that I'm going to die on because I can't I can't I can't see
0: any way out of it because I'm into a corner and I can't get
1: these people to
0: lay off. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's been the other thing. It was the whole aspect of the buyouts and stuff. We we pretty much have. I don't want to say put a target on our head, um, but obviously breaking um, possible, uh, you know, partnerships and stuff like that in the future. I'm, I'm sure eventually I'm gonna. It's gonna come to a point where I message somebody and they say, "Oh yeah, um, you guys talk too much about this, so that's we're not gonna work with you anymore." It, that, it's only a matter of time. Um, I'm. A certain company we work with, I won't mention names, but I'm, a, I'm I'm waiting for the moment that it just comes crickets because obviously we're not speaking positively on certain buyouts and that's probably going to shake. But it, again, if that's what – I'm not going to not speak on something that I'm passionate about and I'm fearful about just because I want to keep – up I don't think that that's – write to anybody that listens to us and supports us for me to go, I won't talk about this subject because I'm afraid of ruining a partnership with such and such company. Because I think that's wrong. I I think the moment that you guys start seeing us sway away from talking about certain shows or sway away from talking about certain subjects regarding uh, the business practices of certain companies, that's the moment I think a lot of people are going to shut us off. Because nobody wants somebody that's that disingenuous. Um, But, yeah, I think in regards to tropes and stuff, I... I (laughs) Um... So, Fajoshis and Derpy Faces. Derpy Faces. <laughs> fijoshis, um, like, everything else I'm fine with. Like, I, I, I've i have had a time where I was a little bit frustrated with archetypes and tropes in, like, harem shows. But I, I, I've kind of gotten over that. I'm, I'm fine with them now. But, yeah, the Fajoshi character that just drools and puffs out their nose and freaks out about uh, two guys being too close to each other or two girls being too close to each other. Um, and just sit there and huffs and puss for hours on end. that's that's literally their character. Which, typically, with Fajoshi characters, that's literally all their characters. Well, there is. is some otakus that do that, too,
1: so... Yeah,
0: even that, I, I don't really care too much more, <laughs>
1: but... It's usually, just... usually, the quote-unquote lollycon, so...
0: Yeah, typically, yeah. There was that in Z- Zizipa Sensei. I was like, whoa, wow, I forgot about that scene. <laughs> it's got, like, this chubby-looking otaku-obvious character in this alleyway with this girl, and I'm like, oh, crap, like they totally did that. Again, they didn't really have any filters back then, um, but no, it's... Yeah, the derpy face, I can't. I, like, even this recent episode of uh, Supper Time Rendering, it's like, they did the derpy faces again. I'm like, oh, God, please. it did, it ruins it. Like, it completely ruined the seriousness of that scene. It wasn't doing derpy for, like, like, Kakaguriti, where it's all like, ah, they got, like, the, they're all really excited faces, and they're super genius. Um, this was, like, just straight twisted and anger. And I was like, oh, gosh, it looks so terrible. Like, suddenly your art style changes? No. <laughs> and I just watched Kakaguriti Twins, and I'm like... It's never going to work for me. Those two
1: never really bothered me. However, on my side, I've never cared. I, I used to have a bigger problem with ginkies, and I've I've since kind of more mellowed out
0: on that because they yeah. make you happy now. They and make you me happy, be happy now. <laughs> um, but to think that now Chris ever didn't like like did not like ginky is crazy to think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now for sure, time loops or time things messing with time bug the crap out of me. Generally, I usually get really bent out of shape over time stuff because it it's, it's, I have a, um, I have a tendency to try too hard to work things out in my head and it, when when they start messing with time, it really bugs the crap out of me because they're never consistent about how they handle time so and you're gonna die on a hill for that one I don't know it? that I I don't know that I'd necessarily die on a hill on that because i there is shows that I have watched that have done time and it's not bugged me as much um so I'm gonna just leave that out there as something that kind of
0: irks me here and there and be done with it. The other thing is um. Oh, the cutesy girls that suddenly have been revealed to be in a psychopath. Yes.
1: I was getting, I was, that that one, that one one is, is something that does bug the crap out of me. I've never, I don't think, and I think that that's a, a genuine, just a hard, um, and I wish that people wouldn't try to write it, is, is really my thing is you cannot, you cannot put your mind in the, in the, you can't put yourself in the mind of a psychopath because you can't think in the way a psychopath does. And so I think it's an inherent trap of people want to use a psychopath to write, but the problem is is you can't understand a psychopath. And so therefore
0: Psychopath too, but my my I was more going the extreme, but it's it's cases like there's a certain character in class from the late where she's like super bubbly, cutesy, and then the moment that he kind of figures her out, she's like if you tell anybody, I'm going to blackmail you for this. Uh, you, you're never going to tell anybody what you just seen here. And it's like, oh, gosh. You just ruined that character completely for me. Whatever. Sure. I, I It makes sense. But at the same time, I don't like it. Because it completely ruins a character. The moment they turn that route, it's like, okay, I, I like this character. This is my favorite character. And now suddenly, oh, it, it's pretty much the, the idea of somebody being a lie. And the moment you realize they're a lie, you no longer like them. It, so it makes sense. But at the same time, it's just... It, it's so it's such a cheap thing. It's, it's it just feels very cheap in the end. Like oh yeah well, there you go. Well in my in my case I I try really
1: hard to empathize with characters in a lot of cases and try to understand why they're making the decisions that they make. And then when a character flips a switch, she wasn't so bad for me. I I could see the idea of a character who just l- literally is so frustrated with another character that they they their mask slips per se whatever um but that she's not perfect by any means I, i i don't think she's the paragon of all character writing
0: i think it was i just think it would be a lot better if the case was that that obviously she does that persona in order to get what she wants but at the same time it's like just have it be a simple case where she's she's in the middle like her normal personality is not bubbly but it's not like super mean, yeah. And what she's, they they turn she's, it to where it, it, she's constantly going back and forth between being super mean and super genki, and it's like just have her be normal. And then this is her facade where she's genki, but then this one time she's got frustrated and she let that slip. It doesn't mean that she has to be. One well, yeah, or the yeah, other. Yeah, Why not it's, be in the middle? Why does it have to the, be so extremes, I guess, the problem. The, yeah, the the whole... What what really kind
1: of set me off on that one was, like, you were saying, the turnaround and, and like, if you tell anybody yeah. about this, I'm going to kill it And the chest thing,
0: which is like, oh, yes, or whatever. That the, would never work.
1: This is stupid.
0: Um, because that's not... That's not... Yeah, there's another one. The whole, I just took a picture of you grabbing me or whatever, and I'm going to use this against you, so now you have to do everything I tell you to do 24-7 for the rest of your life. It's like... Please come on. <laughs> they did that with a Couple of Cuckoos at the very beginning. I'm like, instantly I don't like this character. Like instantly that moment. I don't like that. Because it's anyways. Tangent. Go on. But anyway, <laughs> I don't I don't care for psycho characters
1: for that reason. Is yeah. I, I have a really hard time with empathizing and trying to understand a mindset of somebody who's technically a psychopath. And so when I can understand what they're thinking and then not understand, okay, that doesn't make sense. There's no logical sense to this decision. And so I, I have a hard time with them. And I tend to overly exaggerate that on the rest of the show. And so I don't like
0: them being in a show mostly for that reason. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the case with that one, seriously, is that every time I see a you know, a positive character in that show. Now I'm constantly going, okay, I don't want to trust that this is how they are. Cause they're obviously probably going to at some point do that. Like the now character in classroom elite. I don't remember what her name is. I'm just waiting for the moment that she does the same thing. Like I'm waiting for her to reveal her true side and she's actually a psychopath, but yeah.
1: And then my last one is an absolutely silly one. I'm not really, I don't, I'm not going to die on this hill is I hate haircutters. I hate when a girl gets up there uh, for some S- weird, stupid life change moment. She get- cuts her beautiful, flowing locks. I hate it. I
0: thought I thought I heard him get like super angry this last week on a certain show. Got super angry because she cut her hair to sell it. Um, won't say the name of the show. Don't want to spoil it. Anyways, it, which really sucks because that's like a huge trope in anime is cutting hair for symbolisms. It's like a thing in Japan. It's like it's just a symbol of moving him on or yes. letting something go or mourning By something. By the way, a
1: yeah. certain character in Mushko Tensei ticked me off. <laughs>
0: Uh, Demon Spawn0809 says, Is there a way to, or if I could possibly for you to upload audio from your YouTube impression series onto the podcast or even separate YouTube audio podcasts? Um I thought about this and I keep debating this on a regular basis. It's it's kind of one of those things where the YouTube is to get funding to keep doing this stuff. So it kind of defeats the purpose of trying to create content there that people go to exclusively there just to get us ad revenues and whatnot there. Um, The other uh, issue is that sometimes there could be visuals on it that doesn't really work necessarily for audio podcast purposes. And the last reason is that would be a lot of content that would flood the podcast channel and thus not everybody wants to listen to all that stuff. Now we do have other people like taco Trucker who would probably love it, but he'd probably get sick of me really quickly. <laughs> um, giving taco Trucker two two videos or two audios of videos a day and then our podcast weekly would probably really work for him. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in the future we might make a separate podcast feed that will have that stuff. Um, if I can get to a point where maybe both me and Chris can be full time on this, maybe he could take over that kind of stuff, but... For now, it's just way too much work. And again, I want people to go to the YouTube channel to give you an option. Uh, if you use Android, there's a ton of apps that will let you listen to YouTube videos audio only. So if you're driving somewhere, you can listen to the, the uh, my videos that way. Um, and that again, which should allow you to support the channel too, because you should get ads and stuff. Additionally, I think if you, I think you have to pay premium uh, for premium YouTube on. Uh, the Apple side of things and I think then it'll let you do audio only on iPhones and stuff so there may be also other apps that allow you to do it on iPhone I think they're usually blocked but yeah there's some there's some options for you but um like I, I did it a lot when I was traveling a lot I would just turn on a video and I would throw it down and let, listen to the audio um, but yeah well, we'll see though in the future but for now um, not yet <laughs> if anything. Uh, Hidden Weeb says, "Not sure if this is a qu- not sure if this is a question, <laughs> but top anime ops. Uh, it's something I've thought about for a bit, and I can throw on a few, but I don't think I can rank them, or nor do I want to. Though in my example would be Bradio Flyers from Death Parade. Great song. Uh, yes, definitely Ashita o Narase, uh Kafka shishido. Uh, to be fair, I'd leave my wife for this woman." <laughs> Fairy Tale Op twenty two uh, Haraki no Yusha Vondi from Osama Ranking definitely an awesome, an awesome one uh, Kanashi U- U- Urashi Uru- Ureshi uh, Frederick from Koi to Uso that was another good one Scum's so Wish and I was I, um, I was thinking when you were when I was reading that domestic girlfriend it's great Op. Uh, I think it was uh there was many more, but just off the top of my head and just for my playlist, basically if you had to make a playlist, what would it be on there? Um, I guess it's the is a question.
1: Yeah, I I, I think we have I an entire opening and and It's like one of our first ones. <laughs> Don't listen to it, it's terrible. Well no, I we I do was need to a, do an update. I was one. saying every every season we put out a whole list of uh songs that we love every season and it's hard to um think back on stuff i mean we like uh i was uh gl- glancing through it uh recently and it's it's like there's there's ones like um the ed from um from dimension w the op from dimension w the um uh
0: uh yeah the op for dimension w was really good
1: yeah uh, gangster um or gangsta uh, the op for that one uh there's all kinds of them um
0: i i do have like most of all my stuff on my actual playlist on my phone is pretty much uh so but yeah i got lots, a lot of feed the fire which i think was uh by cold rain i think that one was um darwin's game i think it was um op dark meets light from uh uh finest assassin
1: love that one um there is a fairy tale one um that I was really
0: hot on, um, but it was a case, uh, case, uh, K-pop I think it was, like, the song. Second season, first one. I think it was. Was huh? it? Wasn't the first? The second uh, Fairy Tale twos OP, the very first one. I think it was. That you, were yeah, really it was one on?
1: that it was one after they had came back, and I was really hot on. Yeah, it.
0: when they changed studios, um, Rapture, the OP for um, uh, Junie Tyson, Junie Tyson the
1: girl's front line the
0: op i loved that one but see kiss of, the, kiss of death which was the op for darling of franks that was really that good that
1: was f- fantastic it, it it's one of those things that a lot of them when when we re- do this it's it, it's hard to remember stuff like utugaramono which that one is is timeless and and it's really fantastic um, when uh, uh, Snow White with the red hair came out. He, uh, remembered back to Twelve Kingdoms. I really loved that one. Uh, the uh, the OP for that one and uh, Chobits. So
0: we just mentioned Chobits <laughs> is, is
1: great. Um, so it's the 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 ones that are farther out. It's harder to remember because Promised Neverland OP. You got the new ones that are just really hot.
0: Yeah, maybe one of these days because we technically have like all the OPs and EDs that we've pretty much used throughout the, our entire pff, whatever ten plus years of podcasting. Um, would love to like go through it and just find like the best ones and make a video. Oh, the ED for it invaded. I'm gonna stop looking at this. Uh, the uh, and <laughs> and uh in the darkness that the OP for that one was freaking yeah, beautiful. no vocals, but it was really yeah. cool. It was de- definitely different. But no, it's like it would it would be a nice one to do. I would really have to hold myself back from doing a lot of them because and I think even our our music podcast, our it was technically I think our first music podcast. We just did like a best OPs and EDs. Um, I think that one was pretty long, so it would be it would be fun to do another one. So I'll put that on the the list of of things that we can do going forward. And yes, technically, almost on my ranking. Oh my gosh, that second OP was so good. It was so good. <laughs> but thanks, Hidden we Uh, Truckcoon, uh, watch out for that Truckcoon. What do you think about watching shows on 1.5 speed or two times uh, time speed? Is that how you guys watch your shows? No,
1: technically not.
0: If we um, could, we would not. High Dive Dive and Netflix both have the ability to do that. Um, High Dive actually goes up to four times speed. It's like, (laughs) it's very difficult to read subtitles that fast. (laughs) Like I I can listen to somebody talking in English that fast, but reading subtitles that fast and technically makes it very impossible for me to understand what they're vocally saying Um, because yes, I can pick up a lot of lines in Japanese and know what they're saying without having to read what it says at the bottom too fast. Cannot do it. (laughs) Cannot do it. But I have done that for a couple of shows on, on High Dive, um, just 1.5 speed. I think any higher than that, it's it's too hard to get the emotion in context because obviously if you have an impactful scene, the pauses after statements can mean a lot. And so when you're taking out a lot of those pauses, those dramatic beats, you're really ruining the the feel of what's happening. So I really don't like doing it. Uh, we I did do it a lot. We we did do a lot with things like the original Gundam series, because y- unless you watch it, snot. yeah, unless you watch 1.5 speed, it doesn't feel normal. It's that slow pacing. And it, doing 1.5 speed makes it feel somewhat normal and pacing. Um, So really older shows, it really helps out to make the show feel more, less old. But um, anything newer, it's very difficult for me to do that, just because I think, again, it takes a lot of the feel and the context out of stuff, so...
1: It is one of those that is really kind of complicated as as an answer, like Andrew was saying. It depends on the show. It really does.
0: Um, yeah, Bastard I watched in 1.5 Speed, and I didn't think it ruined it because that show is not really going for like impactful drama beats. It's just a dumb old fantasy show with crazy action and a, a girl having to kiss what is supposed to be her little brother all, all the time just to make her powerful and then falling in love with him. <laughs> But me personally,
1: I generally do not do that on on shows at all. I, I won't do it because I, I I'm I'm afraid that I'm going to miss something. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. Now informational podcasts, pff, I'm I'm constantly so in like my audio I'm listening to my audio books at three times speed. I'm listening to um, uh, podcasts and stuff like that at two and a half to almost three times speed. I I'm. I'm listening to a lot. I got a lot of information coming in very fast. Am I uh, losing out on information? Probably. But at the same time, it's not really affecting me as much as when I'm watching a show. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just the effects that are going on on the screen. I'm trying to catch what's going on on the screen at the same time I'm reading the the subtitles. So, yes, I, I... like I said earlier, I'm pi- I'm getting better at picking up words that that the general gist of what's being said, but at the same time, I'm technically not fluent in Japanese. Period.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here, Jalupe 13. I hope that's how you pronounce that or Jalupe 23 or 13, sorry. Uh was curious, but have y'all had a chance to listen to the audiobook of Spice and Wolf yet? And if so, what do you think about the VA who's doing the English version? It's J. Michael Tatum, uh, who did the English version of Lawrence, and more recently, Tenya from My Hero Academia, and secondary question is, Could is it possible to start pulling the name of the intro songs and outro songs in the description? Um, I did that for the longest time. I haven't done it recently, so it's a big negative for me. <laughs> I'm just bad. I, I've done it in the past. I haven't done it recently, so I apologize. Um, if you have a certain episode that you want to know about specifically, you can go ahead and message me and I'll find it for you. Uh, but no, the Spice and Wolf audiobook, I have not. I was really excited for it to come out um, because I think that's just one of those ones that would be really fantastic to have audiobook to listen to. Unfortunately, recently I have not really done much audiobooks because I haven't traveled at all um, like I used to. But uh, I think once I finished I might. I think I was... Th- debating... I think I wanted to go to Ascendance of Bookworm first, but I do want to go to Spice and Wolf and do the audiobook version of it would be really nice, so I might actually do that at that time.
1: I may. It depends. Um,
0: that's I, cool um, as Lawrence, though, because that's literally the whole book is his inner thoughts. So to get his... And he did a really good... He did a decent job, if I remember correctly, from the original series, so that's actually really cool that they got his uh, V. I think somebody told me that at some point, so...
1: I, I personally am kind of steered away from audible i yeah have it's like been... it's like a dub how would why would you like audiobook chris it's like a dub hey <laughs> really i mean well it's i'm not gonna say it's different because it's not um, i do still have a really they're hard reading time and they're
0: not they're not interpreting that's the thing there they're not saying no cap <laughs> right it not, it's well the thing is they're not having to to be serious they're not they're when they translate they're not trying to match lip flaps and a lot of the issues they're trying to do with a lot of these dubs is match lip flaps and yes technically there's sometimes where they take quote unquote creative uh direction in making it have things in it that shouldn't be we're when, not getting back in that discussion though when i <laughs> i still um it,
1: it's it's i'm not going to say it's different per se um, I am a lot more lenient on audiobooks because they're trying to they're trying to personalize something, but they're not, like Andrew was saying, they're not making a creative interpretation. It, then it's the localizers that are the problem, not necessarily the acting. The acting is still, to me, slightly cringeworthy, but at the same time... Oh, use the cringe word. Yes. Um, at the same time, I'm not, I'm not as angry about it If you want to say that I'm angry because I'm not technically angry, I'm just going stop. Um, I still give a lot more lenience because it's when at the end of the day, um, my problem is not necessarily in a lot of cases with actors. I know that everybody seems to think that my issue is with dub actors. It's not. It never has been. My problem has always been with localizing. I'm glad that somebody finally put my finger on the localizing versus the uh, translation. Because I always said the translators, the translators, the translators. It's the localizing. The localizing is my problem. Um, I want everybody to know. This is a big shock for everybody. I find actors... Uh, English voice actors a little bit cringing, but when it comes down to it, I don't have a problem with them. I like voice actors. I think that they ha- they fill a very important role. They are the ones who their voices are helping people that watch English
0: dubs enjoy the show makes it more popular it makes it accessible for people that can't read the the text maybe you are dyslexic you have some sort of disability it makes it difficult maybe you're just tired from a day's work you don't want to read text on the screen it opens the door up for a lot of people to be able to enjoy it so no i've never had a problem with it it's just i don't watch it
1: now if if a actor is feeling too big for their riches and they're trying to Impose some kind of ideal upon you That's different That's a different aspect And I will pick out that particular um, Actor as a problem But when it comes down to it The actors themselves have not They've done nothing wrong It's the localizers The ones who are trying to impose Some kind of a um, Creative idea Into the show Which is an original artwork By somebody else in Japan Who does not have the same cultural values As the person over here
0: So, Arl Dennis says, So, having (laughs) finally listened to the full uh, info to last week's podcast, which would have been back in, uh, was that June? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I decided to list out my first 10 anime as well, excluding stuff like Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, and Digimon, which I had already seen on TV uh, sporadically. I don't fully remember when I started watching anime exactly, but it's probably been around 12 years or so. So, he has Death Note. Uh, that's a good one. That's a, that's a classic. I, is this? An, I'm guessing this is an order that he actually watched them, or if he just saying the first ones. Probably just saying the first ones. Um, Death Note's a good starter. It's definitely a good starter. Very popular. Very well received. Um, even to, um, I, I think people that are new to anime, it doesn't feel as anime isk. I mean, even the worst thing you're going to get from it that's going to make somebody go, "What is this Japanese cartoon thing or Chinese cartoon thing?" Is probably what was her name, Misa. She's a little bit. She's a little bit Japanesey with the whole idol feel of her, but other than that it feels very Western in feel. It was just one of the reasons why it was so shocking that they couldn't pull off a Western release of that or a Western it, adaptation of that.
1: It is. It's one of those that it it's very will, political,
0: it's very mind gamey. Yeah, it's, it's not tropey.
1: It's great as a show that it can break you into the idea of hey, this is not just a normal cartoon. It's and not not at the just same tentacles. time it's <laughs> Yeah, and at the same time it's not so much crazy. I mean the like andrew was saying misa is probably the craziest out of that i mean maybe the the death gods but not that bad they're just kind of more goth it, it and it it's very it goth. feels yeah, yeah it feels, it feels very, feels very good uh, to watch that kind of a show as a first and i
0: think a lot of goths in the west loved it i mean yeah. that was why we had like literally every two weeks for a period of time there was some guy showing up at school with a death note <laughs> and it was usually a goth <laughs> Uh, it, it grabbed that audience a lot. Uh, the goths loved it. Um, really had that feel of goth, but uh,
1: Not saying why Chris likes it or nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't my crowd. I'm sure.
0: <laughs> High School of the <laughs> Dead. That's definitely going to be the opposite spectrum of Death
1: Note. You know, it's still is- edgy zombies
0: though, and that's definitely a Western thing. I and, and, and they I don't really do much well, zombie no, stuff in anime, which is kind of surprising.
1: I can see that as a a show that a lot of um. I I I mean I would have absolutely, if I had found it early on as as one of my first, I would have eaten that show up. I I mean that it was it, it just it hits all those edge lord. I I really really love this kind of. Um, uh, crazy guy ends up with a harem in the middle of the zombie apocalypse and they're all j- just kick kick butt girls that are just tearing things Propping up gums and, on yeah
0: jugs. <laughs> Gurren Lagann is the third one he has still haven't I can't it. I can't eventually on that one. <laughs> eventually bleach that's a good one that's a that was a that was definitely one that was kind of in the same vein as a lot of the shounens watching that on television stuff it was really good so. for
1: sure bleach was I I was so heavy into that scene for
0: sure when it when it first came out Yeah, Darker Than Black definitely a really good one um, didn't so much enjoy the second one but the first one was really good so definitely a huge fan of that one I just love the aspect of the abilities and how they always had to do something in order to like replenish it basically they had like this the quirk you, or was it, what was it you, called the quirk or a um, it's like a payment thing like you like a say tribute? a guy yeah was like a tribute, a tribute. Like, like he would do their ability and then they would have to like this one person would have to eat something like right after they did it, or one person would have to click their, uh, clip their fingernails every time they use their ability. There was always something they had to do. That was always weird. It was always uh, these weird things that they would have to do, like uh, pop their their cheek or something like that, and they're like a, or something like that. They would. It's just some stupid thing that they would have to do if they use their ability. And and if they put it off, cool. it would become more and more exaggerated. Yeah. How 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 hard they would have to do their their quirk. Yeah yeah. Um Mao Mao Yusha.
1: Love it. You are a a man of culture by far. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. there you go. It has a really bad ending though. Which is too much source material baiting at the end. But other than that it was really good. It was basically Spice and Wolf at the time. We were talking about how it was very similar to Spice and Wolf, so or no, at the time we watched I think we watched Mao before we watched Spice and Wolf, didn't we? Or at least watched no. it again. I think. I think i watched spice and wolf once i no, not i'll, have to ch- I'll have to check my review I mean, if my review has me talking to death about how it's spice and wolf <laughs> i think it was probably after spice and wolf but very much similar so if you like spice and wolf definitely check that one out uh me and i nikki i i've, I've always been mixed on it i, I think it's fine but I, I wasn't i definitely was not in the fandom way when that first hit so that's definitely not my realm
1: I came to that one a little bit later and, um, I definitely can see that it's, it's one of those that are just, just everybody puts it on their
0: yandere list. You have to watch it. Yeah. (laughs)
1: You almost have to just to understand who you, you know, Gasai is. And it's one of those that at the end of it, I, I walked away going, wow, that kind of is cool that they did that. And, and a a really interesting twist. And I thought, I thought it was really kind of cool. But you have to sit through, what, 24 episodes to get to that twist, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, right, it's that Dussek, Moxena thing at the very end, what they, they do, literally. Uh, <laughs> Princess Lover, not sure what that one is. Um, no? I have a feeling I know what that is, and I'm going to leave it. Be- <laughs> okay, Steinsgate. Uh, that's another classic one. I think, every, I, again, another one that... I don't know. I, I can't say this in the same realm as something like Death Note, which is, like, more acceptable West, but I think if you can get past the very geeky nature of it, very be- I think a lot of computer geeks and stuff will probably enjoy it, but it, it, it does definitely ramp up the Japanese geek thing, um, which might be a little bit of struggle for a lot of people. But I, I think it's, again, one of those ones where if you can get past that beginning part, it gets good at 12 argument. Um, it definitely takes off at that point. I, it was so funny because I, I, I think I got in an argument with somebody here recently about that. I was like, I remember everybody when I first watched that show, everybody acknowledged that first core was as a drag. It's all about, it gets good at the second core. And yes, it does. It gets really good. But it was very difficult for me to get through that first core um, for the longest time. So I'm <laughs> On this
1: one, I was a, a little bit we- different on that. I, I really loved the first part. I had a hard time getting through the the problem area. Um, The death montage? The death montage. (laughs) I had a really hard time because it's a character I really, really like. And so I had a really rough time with that section. And
0: yeah, but I did come away really, really loving it, for sure. Helsing! (laughs) Helsing was a classic back in the day. I I loved Helsing. Uh, Was it Helsing and something? What was the other one? Um, Vampire Vampire Hunter D. Oh. um, Helsing... Blood Plus, it was like a whole bunch of like really crazy ones back in the day that I really love. So and I'm probably talking about them being all in different time periods, but I watched them mostly all at the same time. So um yeah. I forgot I edit I I forgot I watched Helsing um in before I started watching One Piece. So he must have had One Piece there at some point and then you put Helsing, so uh that's a good thing. How I, I didn't that's right. Didn't, I have not seen Dennis talk about One Piece? Um Dennis is one of those people can't talk to Dennis anymore he's a one piecer i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking uh, havoc says what year do you believe that anime as a medium really hit the mainstream also what anime brought the medium to the forefront of the mainstream uh, we just literally hit on I this a little wonder, bit it's almost as if havoc knew this was going to come up i wonder because
1: i i mentioned that um that at some point the winds seemed to have shifted on anime I wonder if it was the pandemic because a mm. lot of people were stuck at home and then suddenly they're, they're watching a lot of these shows and then they run out of all their shows and they were like, well, there's that anime stuff
0: that everybody's been talking." Well, it's the, it's well, something, something technically, Crunchyroll hit their, sat- like, uh, their milestones, unless they've released here recently another sub count, but they hit a milestone and then bought up, was bought up by Sony before the, the whole thing hit, so... I know that the whole idea of Sony realizing that it's something that should be invested in and them jumping into the forefront of that was before then. So, I don't know. I, Maybe I would say the whole Netflix? mainstream Mass of it was before then. And I I would honestly say that I don't... I don't disac- I wouldn't disagree if somebody said it was probably Netflix. Um, as much as we hate and we rip on Netflix a lot, there is something he said about a platform that has... Several hundred thousand million people sub to it, and somebody finally it pops up on their main screen, Violet Evergard, and they click on it and they watch it and they go, Oh, what's this anime thing? and then they look into more, and then they find Crunchyroll or some other uh, questionable platform to read or to watch more of it, and it creates that fandom. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really do think that it was becoming more mainstream probably back. I don't know, in early 2010s, like that, I think that point in which you really did start seeing Crunchyroll pick up, because obviously Crunchyroll became what it is because they seen a success in it, and that success was garnering them a lot of attention, it was garnering them a lot of uh, views, which then pushed them into picking up a lot of items. But I I think think going into that mill area, like 2015-ish, I think that's where I started really feeling like... There's a lot of content that's coming. There's a lot of content that's getting localized. There's a lot of content that's being picked up, and I don't necessarily see the usual statements by the public and by news and stuff that's covering the 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 fervor of anime being as negative as it used to be. It used to be a very negative connotation back in the '90s and the early 2000s to be an anime fan, and now I don't. You don't necessarily see it so much. Um, granted, I'm not. As in in the public square as I used to be in the general public square, um, but like even in you know social media and stuff, I don't see it as much. But I don't know. It, it's hard to really it's hard to really judge. But you can't really deny the fact that if Sony was willing to buy Crunchyroll for as much as they paid for it, somebody with a lot of money knew that there was money in it. <laughs> and again, I think that is a sign. And and it, granted, it was a thing in Japan as well. There was a lot of studios that were claiming that they were liking the idea that even before they even started producing something, they were making boatloads of money just selling a streaming license and passing that over. They were making money before it even started airing. And that's a huge plus for them. And it's probably, yes, I've, I've said before that that's, Streaming is like a portion, like a part of what these studios and the production communities are making. Production committees are more focused on stage plays, CDs, merchandise. But there's still an aspect of some money from that that they do like. And I think that's only fueled by the fact that there's so much of it and it's so much of it's coming over to the West. And we're not seeing some season where they're only going to pick up five shows. Um, there's obviously a fandom for it. It's obviously a lucrative business. And I think that, again, that's kind of been, I, I guess I can't really necessarily say when, but I can say that there's a positive sign when you see how much of a growth we've seen, especially in the streaming sphere. And again, how much of it was licensed and how very little of it wasn't licensed. The fact that very little of it wasn't licensed is a really prime sign that people are consuming it. So again, it goes back to that previous discussion about saturation. Again, if, it, if there was a saturation point, we would probably see Crunchyroll not picking up as much as they pick up. And, it's technically, a lot of it's really good. <laughs> a lot of it's really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, very hard one to answer. But I don't know. I maybe one of these days I'll, I'll it would be fun to sit down and really try to see if I can figure out. Again, it's it's gonna be it'd be very difficult to say when, but I think you can see the signs you can see the signs of it's spilled up and i think at least looking at those signs would be an interesting thing to, to really dig into so nomad of the fence says do you listen to any non japanese music what are your pin- opinions on elon musk where what are you uh what were you into whenever you were in when, when you were in your cringy phase when you were younger if you had one um part of that's loaded <laughs> Elon Musk is fine. I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. He made a, an electronic car, and he shot a rocket to the moon. Um, and he he hasn't gone to the moon yet, has he? He just went into orbit.
1: No, he, he made shot, a car. He flight. shot a Tesla into the sky. He went. Yeah, he or put no, a Tesla. He, was it a his Tesla or really his...
0: his team is really amazing. I guess that's a better way of playing it because obviously Elon himself did not do it. Um, but those rockets coming back down was pretty insane to see. Like them landing was like what. What? Uh, reusable Rockets is insane. Blows my mind. Uh, but again, that's his team. But what uh, what non-Japanese music? Mainly uh, lo-fi beats. I listen to lo-fi beats a lot. Um, I used to listen to a lot of classical music um, back when I was younger. I don't listen to it as much. Every now and then I'll listen to like Yo-Yo Ma or something like that. I really loved his music. Uh, but mostly lo-fi. i did done some, was it uh, techno swing or something like that. I forget what's it exactly it's called, but nothing like Western. Like I, I've, I don't know. At my young age, I got burnt out on country music because we had lived with somebody that was obsessed with country music. Um, I got sick of pretty much pop and everything like that. So I, I just all I listen to anymore is just Japanese music, five beats, or trance. Sometimes trance. So yeah, I, I was care. really <laughs> into DJ Tiësto for the longest time.
1: I don't care for trance, so I. But I went in the dubstep direction, so I, I got my electronic music either way. But no, I prefer, um, uh, I guess, contemporary instrumental, um, kind of the jazzy type stuff. I really, really love that stuff. Um, what was it, Lindsey Sterling? Lindsey Sterling, lap, I yeah. love Lindsey Sterling. Really good. Um, I, I, I do like a lot of classical stuff. Um, I prefer my. Uh, actual preferred, uh, genre would probably be hard rock, um, uh, heavy metal. I don't quite go down the death metal route. I think that's a bit too hard for about as far as I've
0: gotten was things like Evanescence and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but even then that's in my head, I had had an Evanescence and Nickelback phase at some point.
1: Do I listen to it now? Not really. I I tend to steer more towards uh J, uh J-pop. But those are my preferred uh if you were to corner me and say listen to a He does not cornered a, again. Yeah, if you're if you're going to corner me and say listen to music right now and it can't be Jap- J-pop, I'll probably listen to those particular uh type uh genres. Um but when it comes down to it, it's it's I, I, I have my uh TV set to uh play contemporary instrumental. I, I, I do love hearing that jazzy um here and there uh as a kind of a ambient noise. I'm not big on the lo fi. I, I, d- I just the the constant tick, 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 thing gets gets annoying to me. There's this But he's okay with a <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I love <laughs> that. It's a good. Um, Well, I'm not going to sleep with dubstep,
0: that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like drop the beat. Brrr, wait, 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 what's going on? What's going on? The moment he hears the drop the beat part, <laughs> he has to wake up. Turn it down. <laughs> I was wondering where that rumbling noise is all night. It's um, so loud, his car's like paneling's glanging. <laughs> that's like everybody around here is a. Like, See that or they have a, a speaker on the outside of their window that's doing the <laughs>, treble. But no, what I your, what was your cringiest thing ever? Are you, are you still answering that question? Uh cringe The what? cringiest phase you've the cringiest uh, let's just put it the way, the cringiest thing you've ever done when you're younger, like a phase that you had, something that you were into that was cringy. I mean, we used to dance around. We used to like not dance, but fight around the, in the in the yard well, with like uh, Ninja Turtle uh, stuff. <laughs> Ninja Turtle stuff. Was we were really big. In Ninja Thinking of it way.
1: now, it's probably a bit more cringe than you realize when you're when you're a kid. But that was the coolest thing. I mean, uh, writing. I we were we were into the Terminators for a little while, so we'd type up stupid, goofy programs on 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 my computer or my basically. Oh old
0: oh, I, I was I was talking to somebody the day about uh oh, my stylus um I was talking to my style my i call i think they're called styluses the person that did my hair um <laughs> I was talking to them the other day about um like video camcorders and stuff back in the day and remembering how like we had one, <laughs> Stop like motion a, a VHS. Light. Yeah, VHS. We had a VHS recorder, and at some point, we got it out of our parents' hand. We, I think they bought it for a vacation that we went on, which that's a whole cringy story in itself. Um, but yeah, we got a hold of it, and so we're recording all these stupid things, and eventually, we realize. If you record for like a second then stop, then you can move something and you could do it again. And I think it was like I think I don't know if Wallace and Gromit was back in the day, like those times. I mean you've seen like a lot of the old Godzilla stuff was done with that stop motion stuff. And yeah, so we figured out, yeah, you record for like a split second, turn it on, record, turn it off, move something, turn it on, turn it off. And then it's here's the cringy part. That's not the cringy part. Um so we're making these little I think we used our what was it? Guardian you're gonna bring it up, aren't the, you? What was the guardian the guardian uh game that we played? It was like this dun- Dungeon Dragon thing that Chris had at some point that we used to play a bunch of. So we had, like, all these little orcs and stuff. We'd move around. They would fight each other, and they would enter rooms, and people would fight them, and it was really dumb. Um, and then every now and then, you need something, like, to be moving, like, through the air. So we would just record a couple seconds of a character being swung on a string to hit another, uh, another guy. But no, this, this, here's the cringy part. I know, I know where he's at going. At some point, we listened to it. And, of course, it has the audio being recorded at the same time. So you would hear somebody say something for, like, a brief second. And so what does that turn into? Every time we would do stop motion after that, we would keep making random stupid sounds like uh e eh, or e eh, ah, and it with the giggling noises half the time, somebody's talking. It was just the stupidest stuff and we'd laugh about it. It was just, it was dumb.
1: Oh, I thought that you were gonna talk about us putting uh somehow dubbing I don't remember even how we did that. We, we dubbed uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight or
0: something like that. Oh god. On yes, we did we did the <laughs> Lion King thing. Yeah. That was, that was some, some cringy times. <laughs> it was so stupid, like, the, one of the things that we got such a stupid kick out of was how, like, if you had it hooked up to your television and you looked at the television with the camcorder, it did that whole crazy, you know, um, I don't know, amusement park visual effect with it basically mirroring to itself endlessly. Um, so you'd sit there and just look at that for, like, literally an hour. Dumb kids back in the day. We didn't have iPads. Shut up.
1: Well, I thought I—I <laughs> I, I mean that—that that is kind of good. I was—I was—I uh, thought kids these days don't know what you had to do to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have the internet. You have the internet now. <laughs> um, we the, we were—I—I I was big into a lot of stuff but to the point where it was almost cringy. I mean, um, remember when we
0: collected pencils? Like we bought these stupid colored pen like the not colored pencils, but pencils that were had these cool designs on them well, from the stupid I, coin machine. And we would put it in this stupid little rack that would go on the on the on the on the window. We had this thing when I was
1: when I was a kid that for whatever reason somebody thought it was a cool idea to do eraser burns. burns, eraser burns yeah. on your arm, and and uh, me desperately trying to fit in with I this. Think I, yeah, crap. I still I still actually have the I still, marks. I still, on still my do hands. have the marks. Yeah, a little bit, like literally twenty then, years ago. And then the I smiley the faces from the from the cigarette uh, lighters did that for a while. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh man we were weird i mean this is this is what we're talking about they i mean yeah we yeah i guess tide pod is bad but kids have been doing stupid <laughs> crap all through life i mean the news come broadcast
0: on. talking about tide pods
1: and we had racer burns <laughs> i remember kids doing huffing and and stuff like that it's like lead yeah people did stupid
0: crap when we were kids we were we were doing the whole tattoos with pencils and then yeah. we were a big concern about lead poisoning and then we had to realize that pencils didn't necessarily have lead. lead. They had graphite. (laughs) Not necessarily lead. But it's still like a concern there that you're putting something. I mean, that was the whole, that's the whole joke that is about like these overly safeness of children these days. Like we used to just like get out there. I mean, barefoot on um, blacktop running around and skinning up our toes. Oh bad. That skinning of our toes was so bad sometimes and just doing the stupidest things. And we were out there just doing stuff. And so again, that's, how we have the immune systems that we have is we can do <laughs> stupid things run around just sharing stuff and we shouldn't be sharing, um, not needles, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's getting
1: away from the cringe hobbies. Like I, I was going to say is, I think that it was more along the lines of it wasn't necessarily the hobby was cringe, but more the amount that I got into it would be cringe. Like um, we, we were heavy into pogs. We were, I was heavy into uh, magic, the gathering. I was heavy into battle tech when, when I got into it, it and I would just go, I go, when I would go into something, I tend to go overboard and hog wild into it. And, yeah, so I tended to be a bit cringy in a lot of that ca- in a lot of those cases. Yeah, yeah.
0: Good stuff, good stuff, and yeah, the usual acting out your favorite movies and stuff was always was always fun. But, anyways, that's a fun. That, that's enough walk down cringy memory lane. <laughs> we'll do some more another time. Uh King Aaron says, do you think Japan will eventually start making more anime for streaming services than TV like how the West transitioned uh now most of the best content is uh, is on streaming and you're not as restricted by what you can uh what you what you can show if it doesn't air on TV.
1: I think that's what we're it's doing it's, right now.
0: It's 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 a visuality. It's it's always it, technically um I hate I hate when people say this because it jumps in my head because I hear it so much. Japan is in some ways a little bit further behind than say the United States. They're not as inclined to jump onto new media. That's not it's not a bad thing and I think a lot of people coin that in a way that it sounds like a bad thing. The Oh, Japan still uses fax machines. Yeah, whatever. You've never been in a business. Every company I've ever been in has a fax machine. It's not like Japan's special. My my work Um, has a fax machine. Everybody has a fax machine. There's just some people that do not want to move on from fax machines. So companies, if they're selling or distributing or whatever, they have to have it. But the point there is that they're not as inclined to jump to streaming only. Because you're you're specifically saying exclusively, I think – yeah, they, right now what they're doing right now is for a lot of cases they're doing both they're doing TV and streaming platforms now there is I don't know how saturated that is I think there's quite still quite a bit in the Japanese side of things that's not being as like I was mentioned earlier most of them are probably watching anime on television because I don't think that everything that is broadcast is on television or on streaming services why that's the case? Is because companies like, I, from my understand, this is not confirmed. I have not looked into it enough to know for sure. It does seem like there is a consensus that a lot of these TV broadcasting companies that have control over these properties, um, the mo- majority of the control over the ownership of it, do not want it on streaming platforms. They want to keep television live. They are literally. What we were probably a good, um, what, five years ago, where you had companies like Disney and stuff did not want to have anything to do with streaming. They were trying to keep people on these broadcasting packages with uh, cable television. Only here recently, we're seeing things like Disney, AMC, all these companies are all getting their own streaming services and pulling and literally killed Netflix. Let's be honest. All these companies literally said, wait, Netflix, we want to do that now because you're making a lot of money. So they all pull all their catalogs out of Netflix because they want to do their own streaming service. And Japan is nowhere near that moment yet. And I don't know how exactly they would when it comes to anime because anime is so um, broad in who it owns unless maybe TV Tokyo or somebody wants to start that ball um, until a lot of those, and maybe TV Tokyo has a streaming service. I'm not sure. I have to look into that um, until these broadcasting services. I know want to ATX do that does. they can't, they are not going to really do that yet.
1: ATX has a streaming service. Yeah. Um, I- interestingly enough. Um, the, the, I, I think that in, I, I do think that when I say it's happening now is literally that moment is it. Everything is shifting right now. And the the funny thing is, and, and that that's why I, interestingly enough, m- me bringing up ATX is is one of those confirmations of it. I, is I literally went on to ATX's website and and actually glanced down their page and had the entire page. They they their their streaming service is like twenty bucks a month. It's interesting to consider how like i said before in one of our past uh podcasts i like to watch a lot of the things from the big per- picture standpoint of understanding where 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 things are shifting and i do believe that right now uh japan is going through that that shift phase that we've technically like andrew was saying we've already technically went through where uh the vast majority of people cut the cord now the, the only reason the cable companies are surviving right now is literally from the last remaining the old fogies who just won't let go of their cable box. They just love to have their show. And yes, that's the way the old fogies say it, is they want to watch their show. Um, so <laughs> they, they, those it's last- It's a force to
0: have, and I think that's a lot of cases that we've experienced, even with our, our family, is like, this it's just that desire for things like local news and stuff like that. And it's like, you can get that from just like some- bunny ears you don't have to have <laughs> and with how expensive it's getting it's like just stop just cut that cable and and I, I think there's some people that love the security of just turning on and whatever's there they don't want to choose it's like it's scary that there's people that don't want to have to choose yes say choose when they go through the guide or whatever but they're essentially wanting to whatever is available and they just have to be forced to select something rather than going through like the Netflix catalog the, the whole joke about scrolling through a Netflix catalog is te- necessarily 50% of the time people spend on Netflix. Um, it's that idea that I just want to be forced to watch something and I don't want to have to worry about thinking about what I want to watch. It's like, No, oh, watch what you want to <laughs> watch.
1: Now I will give a lot of, um, pause to one, one aspect about this, uh, more than anything one of the things that i have mentioned at some point i threw out this idea and andrew was kind of, i i i want to say that we debated on the idea of kind of this force feeding um uh shows so basically you would go on to hulu or I, I, I got the idea from hulu but um i know that um i want to say um retro retro anime has this kind of retro setup fresh? Retro Crush has this setup where basically you can go into a force-fed um, the shows. So they have almost a scheduling of just random shows that they want to put into their feed. I think that, that there is still a kind of um, market for that, per se. Um, it's, it, it's not exactly the way that... Um, that people, because a lot of, a lot of stuff like, um, Netflix kind of changed the game no matter what. And this is something to consider the, the, in the future of anime. uh, Yes. I see things are shifting right now and Japan is getting ready to get on board with the full on, um, the full on, uh, everything's going to be streamed. Yes. There's going to be, like I said, the old fogies are never going to let go of their cable box. But everybody else is pretty much on the internet. Netflix changed the game in the full dump thing. I And I think that's going to be something that's going to happen in the future. Because if, if an anime studio is not bound to the weekly schedule, I think full dumps are re- pretty much where the future is going to be. There's no real reason to have a um a show be piecemealed a la carte if you can just dump everything out. Um however I think there is a something for that type of um just go and click on and let their the background ambience show happen and finding shows that way. I think there is a market for that. You don't necessarily have to have um does that make sense? Um, you don't necessarily have to have a a continual um, feed of the, this show kind of matches this show, so you'll probably like it. I don't think that everybody wants that kind of thing. Yes, it is good to find shows that way, but I like to have an ambient show and find something new that I wouldn't have considered looking at at some point. I, I, I think, I think it, it
0: would be a really cool idea, and this if – if. For some reason, Crunchyroll is listening to this, and um, I have not sent me a hate message yet. Um, To have, essentially, if you are on the app or if you're in the browser, you can have a toggle that you can opt into that says Discover Mode. And what that does is once you finish your episode that you're currently watching, it just randomly chooses, yes, maybe something that's in the same ballpark that most people watched after watching that. But something that's in the same genre or something like that and just throws on the first episode. And it stays in this sort of discovery mode and keeps jumping to different shows' first episodes until you finally stop it. That would be a really cool – or you select keep watching the show or something like that. I think that would be a really cool idea um, just to – because I think that's one of the problems that, honestly, especially something like Crunchyroll it has a catalog that it has is that there's so much stuff in the background that's just completely forgotten about. And, yes, a lot of it drops off their list and you never know that it completely dropped off their website – that people are missing out on and granted that that's what we're here for but <laughs> for those that don't listen to us it'd be really cool for discoverability have a discoverability mode that just once you finish your episode if you opt into this it just keeps showing you the first episodes of random shows until you tell it to continue or to stop it'd be cool yeah. yeah you might find you might discover something you haven't watched yet uh, let's see here. 92 Mike says, can anyone tell me what anime radio stations are a good choice to listen to music? Um, I don't, The only one I have is the one they used to listen to, which was Quiet Radio, and I don't even know if they're still around. Um, If Quiet Radio is even still around, other than that, I just usually go on to, like, um, Spotify and just search for anime music is really all I do. I've never, I don't have, like, a station I listen to or anything, so...
1: Um I think I'm doing listen moe but I haven't tried it in a while but uh yeah it, kawaii is, kawaii, ka, kawaii kawaii is gone um I, I was listening to uh otaku hardcore or something Hardcore anime or
0: something for a while, and that's gone now. So. We, we set up a radio station server at some point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we did that at some point. We were well, gonna the I, I really want, I really podcasts. would
1: love, I would really love to do that. But the problem is the royalty fees. I want to do it legally. I don't want to get get yeah. in trouble for that kind of crap. And but and they they will come down hard, and I don't want to play that game.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool, and just have like little insert radio talk points. That'd be cool. But yeah. Uh, see here. Bacon chips says, what are some unpopular manga that you like for me? I have a decent amount and I feel like, uh, that should get attention. My wife has no emotions. I hear a ton of people talk about that. Don't act like it's not popular. Um, unless it's just you that keeps talking about it. I'm not sure. (laughs) A story about a dude who marries his Android robot. Uh, so Chopitz. uh, really good slice of life, comedic, uh, romance and plenty of cute moments. Uh, next one he has is a man and his cat. Well, story. Uh, well, story. Pretty obvious. Uh, it's about a man who adopts a cat. But man, um, this manga has made uh, has maybe teared up multiple times. Undead unlock turning into uh, turning into one of my favorite shonens. Really hoping this gets an anime adaptation. The story is tough to explain. But girl has unlock powers and meets an undead dude, and shonen shenanigans happen. Uh, don't really want to spoil much, but it's super good. But yeah, I've, I've heard a couple people, maybe again, it might be you over and over again, uh, talking about My Wife Has No Emotions. I know that I think wave Gaming was talking about us too, I believe. So I might, I might give that one a shot here soon, but yeah, um, I don't know. I think the only ones that I think that I've read that I don't believe are too popular is like, I don't hear enough people talk about Knights of Zydonia, and I really, really liked it. Um, even though it got a full release over here, so I'm assuming it did well. Um, I don't know if School Live did all that well, but I really enjoyed that manga. Um, Other than that, I think most of my other stuff are pretty mainstream, like um, um, the guy that does all the flowers of evil and stuff like that and happiness. I've read all of his stuff and enjoy it. I think the only other one that I have that is kind of obscure is probably um Maria the Virgin Witch, which wasn't really all that hugely popular at the time, so I think Norgami should be more popular than it is. <laughs> I think it does it does have a fandom, but it it needs to be more popular than it is. I haven't really listened to I haven't really read anything that's really obscure. I mean, like, um Dead Tube was pretty obscure, but it's pretty edge edgelordish. Like it's <laughs> violent for the sake of being violent. A bunch of kids that have to like do horrible horrific things and record it to get points or whatever. So yeah. Anything, <laughs> anything obscure on your end?
1: Mine go into the questionable areas. So um, probably my favorite that was probably really off of the beaten path that nobody probably has ever even heard of um, is probably No Bra. But that one was, it's not really a bad one. It's just kind of, it's a gender bender that nobody, ever i've never heard anybody talk about it and it's i really enjoyed it but yeah it's there's a whole bunch of them that are just goofy
0: one shots or something like that uh Force man says now that you've played the visual novel what are your general thoughts of the clonad visual novel compared to the anime i've only done like one and a half arcs so i don't know um and that's the unfortunate thing because I, I essentially, for those that aren't aware, I, I Twitch streamed um, ClawNod because I figured, okay, I'm going to go through it. And then I completely failed miserably because I stopped doing it. Um, it's just one of those things where I kind of want to do it with people watching, but at the same time, not getting enough viewership. It's like I don't know that I necessarily want to set up everything just for a viewership. viewership. But um, it was one of those ones where I technically wanted to go I, – I wanted to do um, Tomia's arc, obviously. She's best girl. And every guide said that you had to do um, the Dorm Lady first because it, it like, prefaces a lot of information for the other characters. And so I did the Dorm Lady first. Then I went to go do Tomoya, uh, Tomoya's story. Really was enjoying it. Um, so I haven't really done and, – and the Dorm Lady's story was dumb. Like, I, I'm sorry. I'll be perfectly honest. Wasn't that great? <laughs> it wasn't that great. It was very simple. It was very um, – it progressed very quickly. I'll just say that. like Suddenly, hey, we're in love. Um, but I was enjoying the little extra tidbits of each character. And that's what I was assuming I was going to get into. Obviously, as you're playing through it, you're playing the same route. You're just kind of bridging. You're, you're taking these different branches. And you're deciding if you want to go into this room or not when you hear somebody in there. Um, you can choose if you want to hear. You can choose if you want to hear a story or not. I like that it lets you skip if you've already heard a story so that you can continue on as you're going through another loop. Um, it's not necessarily a loop; it's just, you're starting from the beginning again. The so I was enjoying it. That's what I was expecting from that versus the anime. It, it, it's obvious that the visual novel is always going to be more, far more superior than the anime because the anime is not going to want to adapt every single encounter. That would be it would be very jarring. Um, I've always enjoyed the anime for what it was, which was a in the midst of so many dating sim visual novel adaptations that were happening at the time. It had a main character that was really fantastic, and they did a great job of portraying that. Um, so I always love the anime for what it is. But yes, obviously, the visual novel is going to be much more, um, much more impactful because you have a lot more context, you have a lot more, a lot more scenes to develop characters. And I'll probably see that once I get back into it and finish. Uh, Kotomi's story was apparently really good, so we'll see. But yeah, taka Trucker says, rate my top five sh- uh, list. ...of shows that need another season. Um, five, Chrome-Shelled Regios. No clue what that is. So I'm going to give it a big, fat ten... ...because I'm sure you know what you're talking about. Four, Gate, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> We've talked about that one to death. Yes. Uh, three, Irina the Vampire Cosmonaut. No. I'm... Yeah. I I think that... It, it, feels, even it if, felt even good. If it, it felt good. Um, and- it could... And now. Whatever gets into next could be amazing. Um, and if that's the case, then sure. But I don't feel like amongst all this other stuff that I really want a sequel of, that that would be on my list. Yes, I would love it. But I it felt it felt comfortable at the end. Yes, it tried to do that thing where it suddenly jumping to different locations and sewing characters that are obviously unique and will be in the next storyline. But I didn't really feel like, gosh, I need the next part. Why did you stop mid-page? Um, it did not have that feeling, which I thought was really good. So, yeah, Dance in the Vampire Bund. I this one is on my list of shame,
1: and I am scared to death of it. I want to watch it, but I am scared to death of it.
0: I don't remember if I watched that one.
1: That apparently is the um, one of the probably one of the has one of the more questionable scenes in all of anime history. So. I am very, very interested in watching it, but for an artistic aspect. But at the same time, um, I'm very scared of it. And then the
0: Asterisk War. No, I don't want no more.
1: I don't want no more. I don't want no more. I like Asterisk War. I could, I could, I could I do did, some more
0: of it. Every time I think about Asterisk War, I go, why didn't, why didn't, um, uh, Chivalry Knight get a sequel? Like Asterisk War got one, and it's like, why didn't Chivalry Fell Knight? Because they were on the same season, and it's like, oh, we're still doing Asterisk War. Well, what about Chivalry Fell Knight? But um, yeah, yeah Chivalry Felled Night. I would love more
1: seasons of that f- faster than I would uh Astro War. But I do like Astro
0: Score. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with Astro Score. Like I said, I just like Silvera Failed Night more. But no, um, I do, I do have plans on making a video here soon that was going to cover my like these shows need a sequel. Um uh, Thankfully, some of them have already been announced for having a sequel. <laughs> like Spice and Wolf, technically should be getting a re adaptation, but we'll see. Um But yeah, there's a. There's a lot of shows out there that just like, you know, Kageki Shojo here recently is a prime example. he shows that like why this show versus this one. Every time a new season of something that I'm like that wasn't that great of a show, why is it getting a sequel? I always think about that. So it would be it would be fun to really kind of narrow that down especially. But yeah, I think I think of that entire list you have, I think Gate. I would love another Gate. Gate was so fun, so Uh, Seismic says, does it feel like anime has been more likely to get sequels in the last few years than say anime from tin You get, sounds like you guys are all like reading into what we're talking about in the podcast and posting it in the history, in the past, uh, (laughs) Uh it seems like like uh anime is getting sequels for the last few years than say anime 10 years ago. Yeah, that's cuz a funny thing cuz we're getting sequels of anime from 10 years ago. <laughs> um it feels like if we have a good show and it has enough a uh, good enough source material, it has a high chance of picking up additional seasons. Yeah.
1: It should just be it's Yeah, it should be a lot more It's one of those things that I kind of wish um in 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 some ways I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out there. I'm giving a lot of leeway because I think that a lot of these um, um, studios are feel like they're more in tune with their audience. But on the flip side, it should almost be an automatic thing. I don't understand. I I do get the manga bait thing. I've been li- we've been living with it for twenty some odd, twenty thirty some odd years. So we get the manga bait thing. It, it it's it's been a part of it for years. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those that you would think that. Um, like I think that when we were talking about in particular spice and wolf at some point uh, we were talking about the um, the the tome that they had released it and and I, I said I don't understand why they're not doing a, either more seasons or redoing this the the um, the the and strike while the iron is hot the the, the there is a, a, a obvious market for that show. Why is it not happening? I don't get it. I don't understand the mindset of these studios. When they're looking at these. Very po- possibly very um, valuable properties. And just going. Eh, I guess one one season will be enough. I mean. I even
0: probably, it, I would probably give the argument against that. And that's probably more of the idea that they are. Probably, yes, they might see the fandom gets built from the anime and they feel that, that it's successful. But the problem is that the moment that they see that, they're not going to commit to more seasons because it might flop. So, yes, when they get to, like, the, the first few episodes broadcast and they're seeing that it's helping with their source material, the source material sales are going up, everybody's getting excited for the series, it's getting a lot of popularity, the anime is success. But then if they think about that, at that point, they're going to go, okay, let's plan for a second season because obviously this is doing good. Well, let's wait a little bit. Let's see if it if people enjoy the rest of this core because it could it could fall apart at some point in the story. It could offend people and people get upset. They would probably want to wait until towards the end of that season and then go. Yeah, this did really well. Okay, let's do a second season. And the studio goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. we're already booked." Like they're, they're, these studios are booked for like a year at least. I would I would assume that most every studio is is at least looking forward to a year of booking. And so it's like the whole issue with Wit Studio. What Studio happens. Wit Studio just gets clammed with a bunch of objects, and then what happens? MAPPA goes, oh, we'll handle that one. We'll take care of that one. Oh, you don't have time for that one? We'll take care of that. That's the ongoing joke with Wit Studio right now is they're, they're everything's getting passed off to MAPPA. Um, so I would argue that there's probably more in the idea that they they can't just say, okay, uh, this did really well. Hey, Studio, keep going. Like, no, no. <sighs> We're booked already. You gotta wait. We have we have plans of doing this show on in fall. We can't do your show right now. You you'll have to wait till next year. Now, the, yes, I think the thing that's the growing trend right now, which is really nice, is that, and it seemed like a lot, especially last year. It's all these studios that are not studios. All these you know uh, the owners of licenses and production committees and publishers were going at the end of this episode at the end of the last episode or something like that, or maybe right on Twitter right at then at that point. Another season's coming. Don't worry. I like that. I like that. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be like, okay, we're just going to continue on the next season. I understand they can't do that, but at least say there's a second season coming. Don't worry, because that helps me out when like, freaking Spirit Chronicles took too long to announce that one. But I was frustrated. Like that was a nasty, very, <laughs> very source material bait. But sure enough, they came around the corner and said, oh, we're having another season. It's like, then why did you make that really crappy last episode that looked like you were trying to shove a bunch of stuff into the screen at the same time? Um, it's, it's kind of frustrating in that regard. So
1: no, and that's, and that's a, that's a good answer. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's, I, I catch all. Um, the other, the other thing that I, 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 that would give me pause is more of the filler aspect. I, I don't want shows to have filler. I just want plain, just do the, the, the story. And, and that's, I, like I said, I just don't think that it's I mean, yeah, there's a lot of different stories. And and to me, it just should be a matter of picking up a property and if it's viable as a storyline. I mean, some of these – It would be interesting if –
0: random side tangent I know, but it would be interesting if they would come to a time where the studios themselves would license the property. 'Cause we're we're always used to a production committee going to a studio and saying we want you to adapt this this light exactly. novel so that we can sell more light novels, obviously. And it's basically an advertisement. When, when's it gonna be time where the studio goes, Okay, we wanna buy into this property. We want a license that's, to that's, animate this and we're gonna animate the whole thing. We're gonna have rights to sell the merchandise, we're gonna have rights to sell the anime Blu-rays, we're gonna have the rights to selling the streaming rights. All that stuff that would be a really interesting twist and, to the and, tip and of
1: that's that's I guess kind of the direction that it's I'm kind of what Games
0: Studios is doing. I mean, it's yeah. technically the same company, so just
1: just like I have said, flip the entire thing on on in, and instead of um, selling um, selling the um, the animation, sell or buy the property, and then sell the property to the customer. I I, I think it's very
0: possible I mean, that's to technically change what Kyoto Animation does. Yeah. They essentially have people come to them and say, "Here's my writing," and they go, "Oh, you win an award!" Now we're going to basically bleed the hell out of this property, <laughs> and it works. and And I'm hoping that the person that wrote it gets all the money they need. But that's the idea. There is that they're getting the properties and they're they're consuming it and producing things out of it, and they're making all the money from it. Yeah, there's the offshoots. Like uh, I think Kyoka was technically like a, a Katakawa, I believe, property. But for the most part, like Violet Evergarden was. Somebody brought their writing to them. They won an award for best writing and it got turned into an anime and a huge franchise. It's, it's incredible. And again, that's why Kyoto animation, despite the fact not making a show every season with qu- crappy quality is so successful. And they have their own, they teach their own students and everything. And, and their is because they have a great system built. And I kind of wish that more, more companies. Yeah, I would, it'd be great to have more companies have shaft, have, an award for best writing and bring in their own properties and write their own, uh, publish that stuff themselves and everything. It would be it would be interesting to see that more often in the anime sphere. And I think again, you there's a possibility that you would see more animators more happy if the studio itself was gaining all the profits. Um, yeah. Now, granted, that doesn't mean the studio has to pay their animators better because they're wreaking all the profits, but it it sort of houses that that positivity. And I think again, if if studios can learn lessons from Kyoto Animation, that'd be great. I mean, we were starting to theorize on that being a possibility with that new um, what was it? Joint, uh, join, join, yeah. join, join, something like that. Uh, prop, uh, setup that they were doing with CloverWorks, Wit, and Anaplex, and what was the publisher? I forget. It wasn't It wasn't Shueisha, was it? I don't remember. It was now. one of the big publishers. Um, Hopefully that kind of gets that kind of set up because I mean, that's technically Kyoto animation. That's kind of the same setup it's a publisher. It's a, it's a, it's a um, publication or publisher. It's a technically another publisher, but not like direct publisher. And then <laughs> um, um, a producer and then um, studios. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Sorry. I completely side tangent. What, we what were we talking about? Oh, sequels. <laughs> it's yes, it is. It is definitely happening a lot more now. I'm happy that it's happening a lot more now. Um, I think it, it, there is there is a, a definitely a group of people that are anime onlys. We're anime. We're 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 branching off into source materials and stuff. But uh, there's a there's a large group of people that just don't want to read. They don't want to read manga. They don't want to read light novels. They just want to watch colorful pictures on the screen. They want to sit down and relax at the end of the day. They don't like reading books or whatever. They just want to look at a TV and be entertained. And to for the longest time the biggest stain one of the biggest stains in anime for the longest time anime specifically the biggest stain has always been unfinished stories it sucks it does that's the as much as i've been as 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 many shows as i have watched uh what i don't know 2000 plus whatever now um as many shows i've watched the one thing i hate the most is that 99.9 percent of them will never be finished Yep. That's really sad to think. 99.9% well, of the shows that I have watched, which again is in the thousands, will never be finished. They're stories that will never have a conclusion.
1: I I actually, um, with Tenchi, um that was one of my first uh, quote-unquote manga bait shows. It, and I always hated the fact that I never knew the ending of Tenchi And I understand now... Um, Several years, not twenty years later, but several years in, I started to understand why that was a thing, and now it's 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 one of those things of looking back and how how frustrated I was, and at the time I didn't understand why there was no ending to Tenchi, and now I understand why, and it's like one of those silly things of. We've been that, and we've we mention Tenchi quite often. Of this is one of the shows that we really really loved. So imagine, little Chris twenty years ago watching (laughs) little Chris little Chris watching uh, uh, Tenchi and not understanding why the heck. Uh, Tenshi's, uh, uh, they never got into the whole Jirai powers and all that stuff. And, and little Chris didn't understand why they never went back to
0: all that stuff. So, yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. Is it, was it better back when we didn't know? Like, I mean, I perfectly honest, I never knew a lot of the shows that I watched continued. I thought that that was the anime. I yeah. didn't know that there was a Tenchi manga. I didn't know that there was a, a Akira. There was, I didn't never knew that there was more Akira. When I watched the movie, I thought that was it. I there was no thought process in my head that they made <laughs> it a movie and originally the ending, and so to, it was probably better back when we didn't know. But now it's it's too hard not to know because when you're watching a show, literally everybody's saying, "Just wait till what's next," and you're going, "Wait, oh oh, it's a manga. Okay, never mind." Don't well, spoil it, please.
1: It's just like it's just like uh, I, at some point I got introduced to Tenchi in Tokyo, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's a continuation <laughs> of the show." And I, well, I think she's really adorable, and I
0: really fell in love with her. Where but the hell is everybody? What the
1: heck is going Where's on Ryoko? here? Where is Yoko?
0: <laughs> Where is everybody? Um, big plot twist. Um, but no, it it is it is funny to think that there was a time when we just didn't know, and it was probably a better time then. But again, that's why I I get so excited when I see original. Liquid Coil, Engage Kiss, especially this season. It's like, I love being... And it's more, again, a, a product of the bad side of fandom is the people that won't keep their mouth shut. Like, my gosh, comment sections. Um, people just don't... They don't have a filter for that kind of crap. They just... Boo, this is this and this is this. So, obviously, this. How many spoilers I've seen for Summertime rendering this last week was like, please, people, shut up. Um, there is a nicety about not having... And even then, originals. Yeah, there's some cases where I kind of would like to see more of certain things. Originals are more, originals are typically more uh, sound in their conclusion, but there's a lot of cases like Slice of Life, obvious. uh, Slice of Life originals, obviously, is one of those ones where, yeah, I would love to have an after story for the story. You know, continue on the story. I'm really loving these characters. I want to see more of where they go from here. So, yeah. But it's good. I, I do like that there's an increase. I, I, I love even more how quickly they are to announcing it sometimes because, again, I think that's when you're at your hype, this point is at the very end and you just want more and you're clamoring for more. And when you hear that, yes, there's a second season around the corner, it gives you that hope for this isn't it. This isn't it. I'm going to get more. Good, good. And there's, But sadly, most times out of 10, <laughs> it's not going to have an announcement The shows that you're most happy about, the ones you enjoy the most, Ranking of Kings and uh, Kageki Shoujo, like I said here recently, um, they're not the ones getting the sequels. It's In Another World with My Smartphone. It's Spirit Chronicles. (laughs) But again, as, as much as people hate to admit it, those are the ones that are probably more beneficial for them that continue on adapting, and they don't really care to Continue on with ranking of kings and Kikiki shoujo and well, stuff. So,
1: and we've even talked about
0: that. It's it's it's
1: marketability
0: of the figures is really what it comes yeah. down to. Because um, well, that's, yeah, and uh, that it, comes a shock of something like uh, Saints Magic Powers omnipotent that got a sequel and it's like what <laughs> that one. <laughs> so it's like, it, and there's 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 off cases. Obviously, there's there's cases where it's like, I never thought this would ever get a sequel. I. If you asked me, la- if you asked me last year which shows are going to get sequels, Saint's of Magic Power's Omnipotent would have been the last one I would have said it was going to get a sequel. Yes, I can see Spirit Chronicles. Yes, I can see Tsukimichi Moonlit Fantasy. I can see a lot of these shows getting sequels. But again, going back to what we said before, assuming we know what's going through the minds of these uh, um, um, companies that are producing this stuff, it's, it's it's sometimes very hard to really gauge. But yes, you typically you, do, you typically do see it's because. Of what they can sell, do they want to sell the source material? What? Is the is the source material improving? They're probably going to keep uh, adapting because they want to keep that fervor going for the series. Is it to sell figures with something like Spirit Chronicle, something like that? Yeah, probably going to be for merchandise. So, and that and that's kind
1: of what I was going back with with what I was saying at the beginning. It, it, a lot of cases, it really comes down to I don't understand why. To me, like Spice and Wolf is is almost the pinnacle of I don't understand this, this beast that they are literally unleashing upon themselves. Because, I mean, Holo is absolutely figure
0: money gold. That's, so, that's so it's been gone for forever and you still yeah. every single few months you would get a new figure.
1: It's 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 mind-boggling of why and and maybe that's just the reason why they're they're not doing it is
0: because Because they're already selling enough they don't care
1: (laughs) yeah they they're like.
0: This, we don't need an advertisement; it just, sells just itself. Make a new f- holo. Who cares? Yeah, the, we'll,
1: we'll we'll keep them happy for a little you longer. You Just make
0: another figure. You stick it in the showroom. Everybody goes, "What the heck is this?" And they find out about the source material. They start reading the source material. They buy the figure at the same time. And then, it sells itself. You don't have to make an advertisement. <laughs> and then on an the anime. flip,
1: on the flip side, Hatsune Miku, they, they, they they've got so many freaking, and it's like an, an unlimited printing machine of money, and they don't have to do anything. And it's like. If it if they don't have to, why why do it? I mean, yeah. why put the money into a, an anime if the negative anime is printing money with Hello figures? So
0: that is it. Does I mean that brings up a great point: is what is it? As I'm happy, I'm I'm thoroughly happy that it's getting a new adapta- adaptation. But it does beg the question of like, why now? Like, are they seeing a dip finally? Is it, is it finally starting to dip, and they want to re? Repump that, that hype. Um, a lot of people speculated at the time of the announcement of that is because they wanted to do an adaptation of Parchment and Wolf. And so maybe they want to uh, at least tell most of that story so that they can build the hype for Parchment and Wolf. But that's a lot. It's a lot of stuff to cover unless they're planning on skipping a lot of content to adapt the whole novel just to lead into Parchment and Wolf. But I don't think that's the case. I really don't think that they're trying. I, I, mean, I, I Enough that I. I would assume that if that was the case, they would just adapt the first Parchment Wolf. I don't, or the first part of Parchment Wolf, um, just to get people to read that. Cause I mean, it's not stopping them from doing the VR thing, which is technically a story that was supposed to be at the very end of the story. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a big, it's a big question mark, but I'm not complaining. Um, and again, I'm my, my high hopes are that it's going to be a from the beginning again and do the whole thing again from the very beginning, readapt it. Don't skip things. And yes, my biggest hope is for full adaptation. I doubt it, but I really do hope it's full adaptation. But I think we'll cut it from there. We we, we covered some ground, but we're definitely not caught up yet. Um, we did knock out quite a bit. But of course, a lot of this is people putting their mouths on here for <laughs> for for the, the live streams. But yeah, keep them coming. Um, definitely exciting. A uh, lot of great questions this episode. Had a lot of fun discussing a lot of this stuff. So... I appreciate everybody who sent us a message. Again, if you want to know how to, go to com. There is a contacts button there. You can submit it that way. I might take that down because I think I'm getting more spam than comments, and I think most people are submitting through Discord anyways, so I might switch to the exclusive of that in the email, but I'll, I'll let you guys know on the podcast when that happens, but I'm sure I'll probably leave a message on there saying that I'm shutting it down, but um, it's becoming too annoying to deal with the spams versus what we're receiving for comments, so... Either way, you can go to our Discord. Um, there's a link at talkerspeare.com. Join the Discord, um, talk with some really great people on there, have a lot of fun. And again, you can submit your questions in the Submit Questions channel. Uh, additionally, they have watch-alongs. Currently doing Kyoisogiga, uh, Um We also have a Manga and Light Novel Club that's starting up. So if you want to read along with other people with manga and light novel, there's that bit. We've. I'm I'm kind of surprised how many of our listeners and and folks in the Discord are big on the source materials <laughs> i think for so long i don't think we really had that much discussion on our forums when we had the forums with uh source materials so uh, we definitely grabbed quite a few people that are really passionate about the source material so it's really great so but yeah um as always we definitely appreciate you all for your support telling other people about us is one of the greatest ways that you can help us it doesn't even cost you a dime just all you have to do is tweet out to somebody kind of whisper in your front your co-workers ears oh, taco just saying um, something like that, don't be creepy, but, uh, yeah, additionally, if you can, we greatly appreciate if you consider supporting us monetarily. We have a Patreon. we have a tips link, um, on our website, otakuspirit.com. Additionally, if you're listening to us on YouTube or you're browsing our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash otakuspirit, uh, there's a super thanks button that you can click and support us that way as well. We greatly appreciate that everybody that supports us, it re- means a great deal to us and y'all take care. Oh, I can't stop
1: the noise. me to hide my heart.
0: Diving deep into
1: the night, I'll make you look your way out, way out.